This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank the Dwell app for supporting the Made for This podcast. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or a lifetime subscription. Now, here's Jenny. So you guys are very familiar with my guest today. In fact, we've had him on before and he was such a hit. We had to have him back. And you guys won't be surprised at what we're going to talk about today because this is what I would call the pandemic within the pandemic. This is the thing that is is haunting us in the midst of this season of COVID. We are all isolated. We're isolated and we're divided. And so Max has a book on this topic. It is You Are Never Alone. And it is so important. And I really believe, Max, I don't know how you do it, but you literally write to the felt need of where we are again and again. And I imagine this book was planned well before we were in the midst of a pandemic. Well before, well before. By the way, thank you. Sure, great to be with you again. But yeah, this this uh, idea that I had for this book was way pre-pandemic. The final uh, galley or final proof I was reading in isolation. And so uh, I did have an opportunity to insert just a few references to the pandemic before it went off to press last March. But this book... Uh, uh, dealing with the loneliness, dealing with isolation, and letting Jesus be the person, be the one who meets this deepest need of community mm. is something that that I was thinking about long before uh, the year 2020. Mm. And so we're in the midst of this very unique season where people are so lonely. And what has this pandemic done to confirm your presuppositions when you wrote this book? Like, how have you seen this make it clear that that we have a problem with this? Well, uh, loneliness and isolation uh, has become a topic. Uh, it, it was more, when I was writing and studying, it was an interesting idea. But now it's a relevant topic. And you're seeing an increasing number of references and studies. One of the most interesting one uh, really came out in early summer as uh, psychologists had been uh, working with people who felt deep sense of isolation and loneliness. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them came to the realization that, that severe loneliness is the equivalent of smoking a, a pack of cigarettes a day. It, wow. just, takes it, it just takes its toll, uh, not just on our emotional well-being, but also on our physical well-being. It's a, it's a rough thing. We're, we're community people, all of us to one degree or another, some more than others, but we were made to, to live in, uh, in community with one another. Uh, what God said about Adam is true about all people. It is not good that we be alone. And so these extended bouts of, of loneliness are taking their toll on us. Even though, even though we're able to get into circulation. I, I would imagine you can, and your and your wonderful audience can relate to the experience I had just last Friday. I went to a, a grocery store uh, wearing a mask with my wife, and uh, I, I just felt, dis- you couldn't smile at anybody. 
you couldn't say hello, or if you did, it seemed weird. And I sensed more than once uh, people walking a wide circle around me, and I had taken a bath that morning, so that wasn't the issue. I, I, think, I think we are in a situation now where we don't know how to relate to one another. And it's very, very unusual. Mm, yeah, I've noticed I can't even understand what people are saying when they're talking to me through masks. Because now we have not only, you know, when we're checking out, do are we both wearing masks, but there's a clear plastic covering between us. And so it really is such disconnection to where people barely even try to talk anymore because they're just completely, it's just not worth it. So yeah, there there are new levels of this playing out in all of our lives and, and specifically for the elderly. And I know your church, you take care of a lot of people that are in that stage of life where they really have to be separate from family and isolated. What are you saying and what are you hearing from them and what are you saying to them in this season? Well, we're doing our very best to stay in touch with everyone. In fact, uh, I'm not senior pastor anymore, but we have a great younger guy who is our senior pastor, and he really commissioned uh, everybody to, as a part of their day-to-day assignment as a, as a staff member, to, to reach out to, I think he said, four or five people, just checking in, just checking in. And I think that idea of checking in with somebody uh, helps the person on the receiving end uh, to know that I'm not alone, I'm not by myself. Uh, I was doing an interview the other day, Jenny, with a, a, a delightful young lady from Australia. She said, in Australia, we have you, are you okay day? Are you okay mm. day? And it's a government thing. <laughs> I oh like that idea, you know, where everybody call, call all your friends or text all your friends and say, are you okay? What happens, I think, is that we default to a state of despair. We default to a state of despair. We assume the worst. If you're all by yourself, or even if you're with somebody, but you're, you know, the same person over a period of months, and you're watching a lot of news, or you're reading a lot of news, you can spiral into yeah. a quicksand of despair, if you're not careful. And, 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 and having somebody reach out to you and say, are you okay, can be just what a person needs to get them through one of those dark hours. Mm. And and a lot of what the premise of the book is, is that we're never alone because God is with us, that this is this relationship is primary. I want to hear some of your story where I know in this book, you were super vulnerable about times that you felt like even separation between you and God, which is which is so core, I would imagine, to who you are and losing that foundation. And I think a lot of people are wrestling with that same thing. They're thinking deeper thoughts right now. They're asking bigger questions right now. So talk a little bit about your story. Yeah, I'm that. so curious to see what the impact of this is going to be on the church. I really am. Like one of my friends said, I don't know if it's if it's a, a Gideon moment where God is winnowing down his army or if this is a great harvest. I'm certainly praying for a, for a great harvest uh, because we've, we've really taken it on the chin in terms of first the pandemic, then the economic freefall, then the racial tension, and now a presidential election. Hmm. It's, it's just yeah. about all we can do to keep yeah. balance, you know? Yeah. So, so this book, uh, Jenny, I, I looked at the miracles of Jesus as described in the Gospel of John. And, and the reason I did that is because, as you know, John tells us why he wrote his Gospel. He said, I wrote these things or I share these signs so that you may believe in, in Jesus. And in believing, you may have life in his name. 
So there's something about these miracles that he selected that is intended to give us life. And, and to your question, yeah, there, there were times in my life in which I, I discovered uh, the, the, the miraculous presence of Christ during a very, very difficult time. If you have just a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll share one that I shared for the first time in the book. I didn't ever really keep it a secret, but I felt the healing of Christ so immediately that I never saw it was necessary. But at the age of 12, I and, and three of my good friends were sexually abused mm-hmm. by a man who portrayed himself as a, as a mentor to young men. At least that's what mm-hmm. our fathers thought. And he would take us uh, to basketball games, take us to rodeos. I grew up in West Texas. But he would also take us on camping trips. And one weekend, as we were unpacking the tents at a camping trip, he also pulled out a case of liquor. And he, he worked his way through that liquor and through the sleeping bags of, of each of the boys. And he did that several times. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. We had no escape. This was long before cell phones. We didn't have any way of getting in touch with anyone. And he, of course, told us, like, like all predators do, that, that don't tell anybody. They'll, they'll say it was your fault. So we made it back home. And he d- dumped us off at our houses. It was Sunday night. Our church uh, had that day had a special communion service. And boy, did I need a communion service. I felt so dirty. But I didn't tell my parents what had happened Mm. because of what the man said. You know, 12-year-olds can't process stuff like that. So uh, that night, after my parents had gone to bed and after I'd cleaned up, I decided to have my own communion service. So I went into our kitchen in our small house. And I dug around in the refrigerator looking for bread and juice. I couldn't find any. I found potatoes and milk. And, and, I, and that, that was going to have to do. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can see myself in my imagination, standing there, freshly bathed, wearing my pajamas, praying as well as I could the prayers of the Eucharist, inviting Jesus to meet me. And Jenny, he did. Uh. He did. He was there. He was there. As, as much as I've ever sensed him in my life, he was there and he healed me. He healed mm. me. And rather than carry the guilt and shame of that tragedy, I felt the healing presence of Christ. Wow. And, mm. and, and, that, and that moment has been fuel in my fire yeah. for all these years in which I tell people, you really are never alone. He is <laughs> there. I experienced him and he will help you. He will heal you. And, and, and what I'm wondering is if this time of isolation, this time of tragedy, as horrible as it is, might be that opportunity that, that many people need, all of us need, to lean entirely on him, to experience him in a way that they've never before, in, in a way that you then could carry this into your testimony and say, mm-hmm. those were dark, difficult days, but I experienced the presence of Christ with me, and he became my friend, and he led me, he guided me, and because of him, I'm standing today. Mm. I want to hear, and I bet everybody else does too, about who God is to you in the midst of of that moment, because that is absolutely, I believe every word you're saying. I I have seen that in my own life. I have felt the healing power of God in a way that is so supernatural and cannot be explained apart from experiencing it. But to those that that haven't experienced it, like who was God in that moment to you? Well, it's a beautiful description of God in the book of Psalms that calls him an ever-present help in times Mm -hmm. of trouble. 
an ever-present, not an occasionally present, but an ever-present help. What, what I would ask if I was cynical, I, if, I, if I was struggling to connect with God and I was passing through a time of, of uh, challenge and I heard a story like the one I just shared, I could imagine somebody saying, well, why didn't God do that for me? Why didn't God mm-hmm. do that for me? Why didn't I feel his presence? And mm-hmm. to you, my dear friend, <laughs> to you, my dear friend, I would say, don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Believe the fact. Believe the promise of scripture. Believe that these miracles that are in the scriptures, especially in the gospel of John, were written not to tell you what Jesus did, but to tell you what Jesus does. And just as Jesus walked on the water, to the disciples, and they surely felt so all alone out there in the middle of the storm. So Jesus will walk on the water and meet you in the middle of this storm, just trusting, just trusting. Sometimes we feel and sense his presence, and that is just a wonderful thing. Many times we don't. Many times our lives are like the book of Esther. We don't hear the voice of God, and we wonder where he is, and yet he still is there. He still is there. So be careful about trusting your feelings. Stand firmly on the promises of Scripture. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you, he said. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Just stand on those promises, and may God bless you with a wonderful sensation of his presence, but may you stand more firmly upon the fact of the promises of Scripture. Mm. The person that, that goes, okay, yes, Max, I want to do that, what do they do first? What is the first action they can take to just be with God? Because I think sometimes we get held up because we don't even know how to pray or we don't know how to connect with God. Should they get some potatoes and milk? (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. You know, uh, if, if my children wanted to connect with me, all they would need to do is say, dad, can we talk? Can we talk? And if you want to connect with God, all you need to do is say, Lord, can we talk? Can we talk? Can I tell you what's on my heart? And and I'm going to do my best to listen to to hear what's on yours. Mm. Uh, Can we just just talk for a few minutes? Those moments in which we spend Mm -hmm. talking to God, uh, Mm -hmm. it's not anything scientific. It's not anything super, I don't know, sophisticated. It's just that moment in which you say, God, I, I feel like I'm carrying more uh, than, I, than I was made to carry. Open your mind to the possibility that it's going to get better. Again, we're trying to avoid that quicksand of despair. Despair sucks us under. So just open your mind and then open your heart and pray. Open your Bible. And, and read. I, I love the reason I love the miracles in the Gospel of John is, is because they're just so they're so practical, so practical. Mm. Uh, Jesus turned water into wine to help uh, uh, his mother and their friends at a wedding. What a great story. How, how, great? How, how kind of Jesus to be so kind that his inaugural miracle would be <laughs> something so relatively mundane, you know, yes. but it tells us that he cares about us. He yeah. heard the prayer of a father as the father's son was dying. And the man walked 20 miles to see Jesus, begging Jesus to come home with him. Jesus said, oh, no, your son is healed. You go on home. And the man had to make a choice if he was going to believe the, the declaration of Christ or not. And he did. He did. He walked those 20 miles by faith. And uh, when he was nearly home, the servants came and said, your, your son is healed. He said, when was he healed? And, the, and then when they told him, Jesus, he realized that was the time Jesus spoke. Uh. 
So these stories, they just stack yes. up, you know, one after another, after yes. another, after another, and they give us life. Hey guys, Chloe again, and I'm here to tell you about the Dwell Audio Bible app. What we love about Dwell is that their mission is simple. They want to help you get in the Word and stay in the Word. One of my favorite things that you can use the Dwell Audio Bible app for is playlists. So you can use all of their scripture playlists. They have ones based on mood, how you're feeling. If you want to listen through the parables or some specific genre of scripture, they have playlists for that. And now one of their new features that you can use is the search feature. So if you wanted to go and search a specific psalm, you can search and listen to it right then and there. I love that I can drive in the car to go pick up the boys in the afternoon for school and just turn on God's word and listen to it, especially from Felix. They're constantly adding new voices to their narrators. So I'm always listening to new translations and new voices. Felix is always my go-to and I love falling asleep to scripture. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or lifetime subscription. We cannot wait for you to download it and try it. it's so hard for people to believe this because we live in such a cynical world that is so pragmatic. And I think my hope, and I know this is your hope too, is that the supernatural power of God and belief in that would be restored, that there would be prayers prayed that for the impossible, because we are in a season where we need the impossible and we need things healed in our children that is beyond our ability as parents to solve. And so I just think of everybody out there that's that's wanting to believe this, that's listening to both of us. And and just so you guys that, that can't see me know, I'm wiping away tears as I listen to this because I realize that it is urgent and needed to recognize that God is with you. Like there, there really is no other hope. There's not a better hope in the world than the fact that there's a God who made you and is with you and loves you and has a plan for your life. And I just think, Max, what you do so well is invite us into that in such a simple way. And so if you're listening and you feel like, gosh, there's some barrier or wall or or things separating me from God, it might take longer than a minute when you sit down and pray what, what Max just said. Like when you sit down and you're just starting to talk to God, it might feel the most awkward thing you've ever felt. It might be just painfully awkward just stay with it like stay with him because there will be a moment and it may not be the first time you sit down with him and it may not be the 10th time but there will be a moment where you experience him in such a way that you cannot deny that that is God <laughs> and I think every why a testimony is so powerful and and Max yours is so powerful today why a testimony is so powerful is because it's the story of how God revealed himself to each of us as individuals. And so that is my prayer if you're listening and you're like, I just feel so distant from God. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but whatever it is that is separating you, it can fall down. <laughs> that that barrier can fall down. And so Max, I just want you to speak specifically to that person who's listening that believes that nobody else cares because I know the church is a part of God's love for us. It's part of the way we know, and we started out talking this, about this, it's part of the way we know we're not alone, is that the church comes around us. So talk just a little bit to that person that feels completely alone about 
you know, bringing someone else in and, and also connecting with God in this difficult season? I, I would so desire the opportunity to sit down at a table with you and, and share a cup of coffee to hear your story. I really would. I know it can be difficult. I know it can be a struggle, but this is a high stakes decision, a high stakes conversation. And I know it goes contrary to many of the things that you may have been taught or told or even experienced in your life. But would you be willing just to consider the possibility that there is a living and loving God, a living and loving God who cares deeply about you, so deeply about you that he became one of us so that we would know that he knows how we feel. He knows what it's like to be alone, right, Jenny? He knows what it's like to struggle. He spent 40 days in the wilderness with no one but the devil, and the devil tempted him for 40 days. He knows what these battles are like, and you're in that battle right now. Would you be willing to just lean into him, lean into him? Like, like Jenny said, it, it's, it may take one prayer, 10 prayers, 100 prayers, but, but this is a decision. This is a high-stakes decision that impacts not just you, but impacts your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. My dad was born in a home full of alcohol, and he could have easily passed on that legacy to me and, and our family, and we did struggle as, as, as youngsters. But my dad, at the age of 22, in an oil field, a conversation in the oil field, decided on the influence of a friend that he was going to lead his family in a different direction. And he made an about face. He, he made a 180 degree turn and led his family in a way entirely different than he had been led. And I'm so thankful to God that he did. So thankful to God that he did. You see, the decisions that we make impact not just us, they impact our children, they impact our grandchildren. So I'm just begging you, if you're struggling, if you're lonely, could it be that the purpose of this pain is to invite you into the presence of God, not away from him, but lean into him, trust him. All these miracles in the gospel of John exist to tell you how much God loves you. One of my favorite miracles happened after the resurrection when Jesus appeared on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Oh, and a favorite. Yes. Is that your favorite? Yes, the fire and the, the fire. fish coming in. Oh, oh so my good. Goodness. Tell, tell everybody. Well, I, I call it <laughs> breakfast tacos with Jesus. <laughs> the <laughs> disciples were out on the stormy sea, not on the stormy sea, but out on the sea. But they had been all night fishing, just like they were the first time that Jesus got in their boat. They had fished all night and they hadn't caught a thing. And, 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 and they hear somebody from the shore yell out, try the other side. And they pull in so many fish that it looked like their boat's going to sink. And John recognizes that's Jesus talking to us. And Peter barely gets his britches on before he jumps into the water and he swims to the shore. And remember, this was the Peter who had denied Christ, mm. who had denied Christ, who swore he never would. But he denied Christ three times. And Jesus shows up, shows up right there, invites him to have breakfast. It's just a most tender yeah. moment. Jesus has done that for me. He's done that for all of us. Yeah. 
We've denied him. We've broken our promises, but he shows up and he just invites us, invites us into our world. And he, he reinstates us like he did Peter. Peter was never the same after that day. We, we, we all need those moments in our lives. But again, the reason these stories are in the gospel is not just to tell us what Jesus did, but to tell us what Jesus does. And mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope you'll trust him. Just let him love you. Max, would you tell people and maybe just lead a prayer for people, anybody listening that, that has never trusted Jesus, what that would look like today in their car or li- washing dishes, whatever it is they're doing today? Yes, I sure can. I sure can. I'm going to share one more story, if you don't mind, as as to do this, to do this. About uh, eight or 10 years ago, our our staff invested in some some new cell phones. And uh, I'm not very techie. I'm really not. Uh, I don't understand how everything works uh, on these cell phones. In fact, one's going off right now, and I'm trying to turn it (laughs) off. I love that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I love it. But one thing I did have on all my cell phones was a filter. Because I don't like the idea that I could be two clicks away from seeing a naked woman on my screen. And so I had always insisted that I have that on all my, on all my technology. They passed out new cell phones. One was at my desk one morning. I went in, I turned it on, and I, you know, fiddled with it for a bit, set it to the side, studied some more. And then I picked it up and I thought, I wonder if they've installed the filter on there. Jenny, you may never have me back on the program after I tell you what I did. I, I realized there was no filter. So I hit a few words and all of a sudden there she was right there on the screen. It was terrible. It's terrible. I put the phone down. What I should have done is taken the phone and walked down the hallway to our tech team and said, hey, you got to protect me here. But I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. It got worse. I stuck the phone in my pocket. I went home. My wife was cooking. I, I put the phone on the island. And uh, she said, oh, you got a new phone. And she picked it up. And guess what was still right there on the screen? Mm. That image. Mm. She just gave me a look that I'll never forget. I'll never Mm. forget. And I died a thousand deaths. I was so embarrassed. I tried to explain it to her, but no explanation justifies what I did. It was wrong. It was wrong. Well, uh, I could barely sleep all night. Uh, When I woke up the next morning, though, on the bathroom mirror, my wife had done a wonderful thing with her lipstick. She had drawn this huge heart on my mirror mm-hmm. and she had written in the middle of the heart. I forgive you. I love you. Let's move on. Oh. It was a powerful moment. The only reason I tell that story is because that's what Christ did for us. That's what he, he knows us. Mm-hmm. He knows how we stumble. He, he knows how we do stupid things, mm-hmm. but written not with lipstick, but with the blood of Jesus Christ. He has said, I forgive you. I love you. It's time to move on. It's mm-hmm. time to move on. And that's the message I'd like to share with you. It's ready for you. God has a new you waiting to happen. A, 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 a you that's based on his grace, on his forgiveness. And so, Lord, I pray for anybody here in this story who heard my stories today. And as testimony to how good you are, uh, you've been good to me. I pray for Jenny. I pray for every person. I pray for a new day. I pray that this season in which we find ourselves would result in the salvations of hundreds of thousands of people. But I pray especially for that person who's listening almost by accident. 
would they would you tell them lord that you brought them into this conversation and you want to give them a new start i, I beg you this in jesus name amen amen Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jenny and Max Lucado. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you'll remember this is the second time we've had Max on. And raise your hand if the first time made you choke up a little bit at the end. We're excited to celebrate Max this week because he has a new book out that's called You Are Never Alone. If you're struggling with loneliness right now, if you just feel worn out, depleted, wondering if God cares, this book is for you. You can find You Are Never Alone at any major book retailer, and we will put the link in the show notes too. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We will see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.